The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for agreeing to participate in life as an intentional spirit. You know, one of the things that I speak about all the time is that we are always spiritual beings. We are created out of a presence and an essence and a oneness of God, that we are always spiritual. We are not learning how to be spiritual. We are with intention deciding to be in agreement of who we always have been. And that requires that that level of intention and authenticity. I'm delighted that today we have featured as my guest, Sydney Andrews. She's the author of A Fall to New Heights. Sydney, welcome to our show today. Thank you, Temple. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm delighted uh, that you agreed to be on it, and as our listeners will learn throughout the show, is that you have more than one book, you have a blog, but I really wanted to start out highlighting your first book, A Fall to New Heights, because, you know, I think that on the path of our intentional spirit, we forget that sometimes, is that all of us would fall a lot when we were little, while we were learning to stand tall. <laughs> and so, um, having read about your story and, and delving into a bit about your past, um, you did have a great fall in your life, which brought you to really who you are. Please share some of your uh, story with everyone so they can get a better sense of who you are. Sure. I had been married for about 15 years to a man that uh, loved me with a passion, mother of three children, and my life was great. I couldn't ask for more. And then I'm, I had been attending prayer meetings, and I went to this prayer meeting was introduced to another woman who was very spiritual in nature, and we seemed to connect right away. And from that time of that meeting on, we would meet on a daily basis from that very first day, and we would read the Bible. We'd read Gary Zukoff and Deepak Chopra and every book that we could find because we both wanted to grow more spiritually. We wanted to be better wives. We wanted to be better mothers. We wanted to be better friends. So this is a path that we shared with such a passion. And little did I know that this, this internal study or this inner study would take us into a physical relationship. And it wasn't until I looked in the mirror uh, on the morning, this was a year, year and a half later, that I, I discovered that I felt for this woman more than I should, that I looked into the mirror, and looking back at me was a stranger. I no longer knew who that person was, and I, I whispered, who are you? Who are you? Because I was totally taken off guard by what was happening. 
and almost feeling even betrayed, even though it was myself who had betrayed myself. I didn't realize that physically somewhere in there was was the personality of me that I didn't recognize. And when I did recognize it, I realized that who we are physically pales in comparison to who we are spiritually. I never realized that would be my biggest lesson, the biggest crossroad, and would begin a journey that would unfold so amazingly for myself, for my husband, for my children, and all concerned, because naturally that was my prayer. If this was something that was to be, Father, please make it work for all of us. And uh, I've been with the same person for almost 40 years now and uh, have been blessed in what we've been able to teach and learn from one another and bring to the world and uh, schools out there and TFLAG organizations and churches so that we can sort of come to the oneness. I'm excited about the Times Temple. Oh, yeah. They're they're very exciting. Um, there, it's just... Uh, an incredible time to be alive, that is for sure. Instantaneous healings, instantaneous demonstrations and manifestations, and, and more um, responsibility than ever of what we, what we speak, you know, we seek and therefore we reek. <laughs> I just kind of made that up just now, but it just sounded right, but it, it's so real. Well, in 1973, goodness, um, the courage of, of you just entertaining a possible new story for your life, that's profound by itself. And I want to highlight that because 1973 isn't like, you know, ready to be seen in 2013. Those were the kind of times that to be in a conversation or pondering any kind of thoughts about um, being different, well, being different first and foremost, or sexually being different, or lifestyle choices. Oh my, that was heavy. Um, and God bless your husband. How was he able to um, kind of assimilate this information? It was very difficult for him because, of course, he, he loved me with a passion. He was a great guy, great provider, loved the children, and I had no one to blame. And it may, life is easy if we have someone else to blame, but I had no one to blame. And as he said to me, I will do anything, I will give you anything, just, just come home and stay with me. And I remember putting my hand on his knee and looking at him and saying, it's not things. It's not any one thing that does it. I have found something that's spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically fulfilling that I can't say no to. I don't understand it. I don't know where it's going to take me. It's a journey that I nev- that never would have entered my mind in a million years, but I-, I just can't that it's not you. It has nothing to do with who you are as a man because you've done nothing but love me. Your only problem is that I apparently don't love you enough in the way that you need to be loved to stay. And that was very, very hard, so hard, because I tried to avoid saying all that. I said it in a letter initially because that was the easy way and left. But realize that if we leave unfinished business, we are going to have to come back and face the truth one-on-one with whomever that unfinished business is or it follows us forever and eats at our spirit, and it eats the spirit of the other person because they, they don't have a full comprehension of what the truth is. 
Wow, that's really that's really powerful. Well, it was a scary you, time. You kind of highlighted it, you know. Um, what, in spirituality, we talk background. about. I don't know as I would have survived those first few years. Mm. Because when this came out and all was said and done, what my partner and I were left with was God and us. Because everyone else at that time had turned away, and she was the devil that brought down the Catholic, and we were destined to go to hell. And if we didn't go home in six months and resolve this, then everybody would stop praying for us. And um, it, it was a very, very difficult time. So like I say, without that inner spirit that somehow said, no matter what this looks like or feels like, this is true. Was it Helen Reddy or Anne Murray that sang that song, You and Me Against the World? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right, right. It, it certainly wasn't uh, used in that context, for sure. But yet, yeah. um, I remember singing that song a lot and feeling so different and so yeah. um unique and not one person to relate to me and not feeling safe to disclose any of my thoughts and my feelings. And in spirituality, often we refer to um, various things like karma, cause and effect, and we'll refer to people as young souls and old souls, you know, people that seem to have been been around a few times versus people that are just starting out and in a way it it's like uh you know our USA as much as I love it and desire to be nowhere else and I'm very clear how blessed we are it as a culture we're we're a young soul and tend to put so much fascination like you're saying on the one aspect of our lives and that is our physical you know, whether yeah. we're a boy or a girl or, or, you know, what that looks like and how that shows up in the physical dimension where we're emotional beings, we're mental beings, we're spiritual beings, and we are beings beyond our wildest imaginings because we're yet to fully tap into those possibilities of our lives. But because, especially back then, so much branding and judgment and discrimination was about, oh my gosh, you're different. Where really, yeah. you know, what people want to be asking you is how have you been in a successful relationship with someone for 40 years? I mean, that's the modeling uh, that you're able to do because you, when one door closed, the other one opened in that you stepped into where you are supposed to be. Yes. And you know what was sad back then? We we attended two prayer meetings a week. One um, was with a minister, a Baptist minister, and the other was uh, a Protestant home. And the minister that we he all he spoke of was unconditional love, and the whole theme of every meeting was love. The same with the other prayer meeting. Yet when this all happened, it was like I became invisible. And all they saw now was a label, and all the love that they had for both of us was gone in a breath. And I know that's not God. It is. It's just, 
It, it's really, you know, fascinating. And what's still fascinating in the 21st century is that with traditional ways of thinking and not being willing to, you know, think out of the box, there are still a lot of people praying for us that we will come back around. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. When it's a it's, question of some of us need to catch up. Yes, absolutely. We need to begin looking within rather than without for the answers that uh, make up the difference of how we live our lives and help others to live theirs. Absolutely. And I, I think that it's powerful for each of us that that we do not allow ourselves to get into the dogma and being self-righteous ourselves and know that no. we will always attract our own meaning, connections, um, people of acceptance and uh, all that. But uh, for me, I, I found that uh, you know, the many labels that are at one time were so significant in my life, they're just parts of my character and my multidimensionality. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not so much more than a label mm-hmm. for Stuart. How do you feel that we define God? Well, for me, I was thinking about, in fact, about two hours ago, I was, out, I was out sitting by the pool and I, and I had my eyes closed and I was saying, Father, if if you could define what, who, and who you are, how could that be defined? Because it's, it's so vast. And what came to me as I was thinking, thinking is that, to me, God is the breadth, the width, and the depth of all that was, is, and will be. That it's an energy that encompasses, it's an encompassing energy of love that's just part and parcel of all that we are and all that everything else is, whether it's a tree or a blade of grass or a blossom or us beings, it's all part of the same system of love. And uh, we're put in this body, I believe, to heal the world, but first we have to heal ourselves to do that. That's that's so key. In um, Often we talk about oneness and we talk about holding the world in oneness where, you know, the greatest uh, opportunity that all of us have is, is, is acceptance at the core for our shadows and for our light and realizing the integration of both those things. And I know that uh, in teaching shaman classes uh, during the week here, we talk about that because one of the questions that people always ask in any class is how do I get rid of my negative parts? You know, how do mm-hmm. I eliminate uh, those ine- those negative aspects of myself? And what we know is what we resist persists. And so yeah. I'm always excited to tell them the key isn't to eliminate or get rid of any of those aspects of yourself. It's the ability to integrate them within you in a way that they can have a positive force for good, for God, yeah. for that connection. Because if you resist it, you become more of that. And what Absolutely. you see or label negative and those qualities of those beyond the, the touchy, happy feelings of love and joy and ecstaticness and all those things. I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds good. Compared to uh, anger and frustration and things like that, if people could understand they're just simply sensations, they only have as much meaning as we you know make them mean. And therefore... They're not negative 
if we embrace them in a way of understanding how important they are in our lives. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, what works for me and I love is that I remember when Jesus was asked who he was, and he said, I am that I am. And from my perspective, coming the distance I've come on this unexpected journey, I've learned to move myself from those negative thoughts and those negative things that would affect my life and other people's life by saying, I am kind. I am gentle. I am love. Because what I am is what everybody else is. Yep. That's so very... And we have to come to know this at our core. To live from that world behind our eyes rather than expecting the world outside our eyes to change. It's so true. And, you know, and our teaching to me and, and New Thought and, and with what you're doing and with the blogs that you have, and I just want to remind everyone that they can Google Sydney Andrews S-I-D-N-E-Y Andrews and her website will pop up and you can uh, access her books as well as the blog and, and be part of the work that she's in. She's featured in various articles because we've all evolved to a whole different way of of oneness. It's like Ellen says after every show, and remember everyone, be kind. Well, those are two simple words. They sound so simple. People would say, well, Mm -hmm. that's fluffy. But when you practice Mm -hmm. kindness everywhere you are in traffic, when something doesn't work, when somebody says something you don't want to hear, now that's a whole different reality. I'm Temple Hayes, and you are listening today to a wonderful conversation with an intentional spirit. Sydney Andrews. She is the author of A Fall to New Heights and also Journey into Thought. I thank you so much for participating with our program and for the donations that you continue to make to Unity Online Radio, which allow us to reach the millions that are in our desire of Unity Online Radio being the greatest radio station in the world. I'm just saying that, and I am affirming that, and we will know that together. You can write me at temple at templehaze.org or learn more about our wonderful spiritual campus in the heart of St. Pete. We are online all over the globe at unitycampus.org. We'll be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Who are we? Who is God? And what is our life's purpose? Author and minister Ogan Holder found his answers the hard way. Through inner turmoil and doubt, with candor and humor, he shares why it's good to doubt, even if you're a minister, in Rants to Revelations, new from Unity Books. Simply put... 
to doubt myself is to doubt God. If I embrace God as the very operating principles of the universe, the connecting space between us, the fabric of existence, and that I am the physical embodiment of all that, then how could there be room for doubt in myself? My salvation lies in the following premise. Doubt is the beginning of faith. Read more from Rants to Revelations and order your copy today. Visit RantsToRevs.com. Did you know that you are supported in your quest to create a more fulfilling life? In fact, spiritual psychology suggests that the key to purposeful living lies in your ability to embrace all of who you are and everything life has brought your way. Jesse Harriet wants to talk with you about how to do just that, being yourself and becoming yourself. That's what living on purpose is all about. Call in with your questions and comments for Jesse live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central on Living on Purpose, where we blend psychology and ancient wisdom, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today and also sharing these uh, rich conversations with your, with your friends, your family, with social media. Really appreciate hearing from all of you. For those individuals that write in and ask for certain individuals or certain types of topics on my show, I would love to send you a free copy of one of my books. So please don't hesitate to get in touch or connect. You can write me at temple at templehaze.org, and I will be delighted to have a staff member take care of that for you and and with you. We're talking about a, a theme today really about how we all go from a fall to new heights. And one of those ways is how we are different. And some people are different in their uh, sexual lifestyle choices. Some people are different because I know for me, I was different because I wanted to be a minister when I was a little girl, but I was in a traditional upbringing and environment where that was never possible. So I felt weird from the get-go, both spiritually and um, sexually. I know that um, there are many people that that feel different uh, just because of the way they look or there's individuals. I love it in our community that we have also a lot of individuals that are mentally challenged and some of them will stand up in the service and shout out and and you know because they have a different boundary system and they're they're welcomed and 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 loved and it just it's what it's all about teenagers Mm -hmm. feel so different because it's like who am i you know will i ever um know (laughs) you know who i am um so thank you for modeling different 
Sydney and beyond that being willing to publicly speak about those differences because it helps create more of the sense of normalcy for everything and everyone else. I think there's something within all of us as leaders when we're called to say, I am that which I am, I am different, I am unique, and so be it. And by the way, there's so much more about me. Um, I think that's where the richness begins, that a lot of people feel free to to make that joyful noise unto the Lord and unto the law, if you will. Amen. So how, um, with your research and obviously with your success, long-term relationship, an author, um, how do we live our best life? I have a a quote in the book that I learned a long time ago, that our thoughts will take us anywhere we want to go or keep us from getting there. And then I got to thinking about how we become so comfortable in our physical life with certain things. And I've got a chapter on cleaning closets isn't for sissies. Because (laughs) if we correlate the physical with the spiritual, here we have a nice little story. And what it is is, once a year I go into my closet, and anything I haven't touched in a year I've learned to get rid of because I'm not going to touch it. But then I found out that when we go in to clean our closets, even though something is worn out, too small, too big, doesn't fit in, out of date, we don't want to part with it. We just want to hold on to that for whatever it means to us. So it sits in the closet year after year after year. And then I thought, well, okay, what about that spiritual corner or closet of our mind where we keep all these negative thoughts and negative past events that have happened to us that we just don't know how to part with? How do we clean them out of there? And then realizing that there really aren't any fences or walls that keep us from doing this. It's just that our attachment to thoughts are like our attachment to our old worn-out clothes. We, we have so much to unlearn and so much to unload to get to that essence of who we are and to know our greatness and that God is in all of us and that if we can approach each other from the thought of a new idea, an original idea, instead of that old, well, you, 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 can't, you can't live like this because that's not the way it ever was. In my mother's day, when she divorced, I was raised a Catholic, when she divorced, it was a sin and she was excommunicated. Now, we carry, we come in nice and clean with this slate, and then well-meaning people impose or program us with their stories and with their perceptions. And then we come to a point, and this is what I came to when I realized and my life blew itself apart, is that I'm not the person I was then. I'm not the child I was then. I must have an original idea in my own mind. There has to be an original idea, or one that I can make mine and live from that will work for me and not against me. The clothes don't fit. I throw them out. If the thought doesn't serve me or what my intention is to be to other people, I throw that thought out. And it's just, oh, I get so excited. And it shows. It, oh. it, it really it really shows. I love that statement about what you said about thought. Could you say that quote again? Because it's very powerful. 
Our thoughts will take us anywhere we want to go or keep us from getting there. Because I could have gone in either one direction or the other. Looking back over the 40 years, I know that if I had did, had done what I was told that I should do and go home and be the wife and mother that I should be, I would have destroyed my family, not in an instant, but over 40 years, as well as myself. But it was still a fight to do the right thing until I discovered that the right thing comparative to what? Well, your children, you know, John Bradshaw would talk about a lot of the elements of the shadow and the disowned self and the, you know, our inner child and things like that. I mean, your children also would not have been able to, on a conscious level, live in freedom to be who they are and to be authentic because that energy, that elephant would have always been in the room. That, you know, something different was supposed to emerge It's almost like you're deciding to remain in that caterpillar state instead of saying, okay, this is going to be painful, this is going to hurt, but butterfly time is, you know, right around the corner. And I think that's true for, you know, so many people and different, um, I think is another thing that we're not speaking about uh, just because we haven't yet is that in the 70s, different was um, to divorce you know that was a big deal to say yeah. i'm i'm making a change i'm not accepting that this was a rule that a group of people wrote that this is the only way it could be and like you and obviously about you i'm all about commitment as well but there are times when people are better not being together and there are times mm-hmm. that people are better because they've stayed together And it's our quest and our knowing of how to differentiate with what's appropriate and and which is the case intuitively, you know, for that particular couple. However, you know, that was a big different thing before of, you know, not only was it courageous to say, wow, I'm entertaining ideas of a uh, a same-sex partnership. But it would lead me to separating and, and breaking up my family. The courage in the 70s that took was was immense. It, and I had talked with you in between our conversations, and you were talking about the grace. And it reminds me yeah. of how the whole uh, coming into being, the song Amazing Grace came about, is that Uh, John Newton was just trying to live the ways of his father and the ways of his family and bring slaves uh, across the ocean. And in a near tragic experience, a fall to New Heights, which is what you talk about, he had this epiphany that he wasn't being and doing uh, what he was destined to be and do. And that's when the song Amazing Grace was was birthed. I mean, he's talking about literally being saved from himself and yeah. the old ways of thinking in that particular environment and in the midst of societal beliefs. It's pretty incredible how far we have come, really, when you think yeah. about it. That's why it's exciting times. Exciting time to be alive. So... 
tell us um, with this passion and, and 45 years of experience and and seeing who you are as you have become uh, more into that authenticity, authenticity, which it is ongoing, um, what are some of the things that you do that you take your message and you are a difference maker? About two or three months ago, I was invited to speak to the Gay Straight Alliance at our high school here. And I went down there and I spent almost an hour and a half with those young people. There were about 50 young people and two instructors. And that was one of the most humbling and honored times I had as a speaker to talk with these kids and listen to them and to see the openness and the expressiveness and the expansiveness that they reflect. And um, it, it was really a remarkable moment. I, I saw our future in this group of 50, and I thought, it can only get better. Wow. And then the Did same you... when I went and spoke to some of the uh, PFLAG meet, meetings where families and, and uh, their youngsters and aunts and uncles are present and all. And just to bring an awareness of their youngster when they're having a diff- difficult time accepting the label that the youngster is now known as or has been tagged with and helping them to understand that we're talking about a personality with a spirit. The spirit is all light. We see a body, we see a form, and we stop right there, and that's what we see. But that young person is so much more than what you see, has so much more to say than what you hear. And just to watch the faces of these people and get the, the responses after are just just humbling that tells me, and I say, thank you, God, you know, you, you, you did have a purpose in this whole awakening and that uh, you're putting me to the task now. Uh, Sydney, do you feel that, um, th- that energetically where you go and where you travel that people are indeed opening and changing? I believe they are, yes. In fact, I was just talking to um, a Father Tom at the Episcopal Church last week because someone had told me that he was looking to open up conversation with his parishioners about the gay community, understanding that he certainly, most likely has parishioners who are gay in his church. And it was so funny, we both had to laugh. He said, but you're talking to a conservative church with conservative parishioners and a conservative priest. And we both laughed so hard. <laughs> and he said, so I need, to, I need to approach this gently. And I said, absolutely. Gently is the way to approach it. As long as we approach it. And we don't keep that division that we, we can come together to discuss and to open up and to explore and to become aware. So, I mean, that's, uh, uh, I sent him all the information that I had, and he wrote back, and he said, you will hear from me, because I told him I would love to be of service and help him in any way that I can to expand what he's trying to do. So, I I believe things are changing, yes. It's just a question of people standing up and standing out. And not being afraid. Not being afraid afraid. of the rejection. Not being afraid of um, you're not living up to the thing is we feel or we've been taught 
that we have to be uh, selfless, that if we love ourselves first, that we are somehow being egotistical, that that's, that's not good for the world and it's not good for you or anybody around you. When the fact is, if we can't be selfless with ourselves, if we can't love ourselves, then how can we give that out to, to the world beyond us? But you know what's profound about that is when you look at religiosity and how what a great strategy that was. What a great what a great strategy to teach people that it's not okay to love yourself or to want to be more of yourself because therefore that would mean that you would remain passive for the majority of your life. You would have very little self esteem and you would always be comfortable being told what to do without question. Without question, because people that, you know, don't have that quality self-esteem or that confidence or they feel confident, they can be in relationships. I'm sure this has happened to you. I can see somebody out in the field or I have to say I can even see colleagues that come across in front of people as empowered or energetic or dynamic. But at home, they're like a different person. Mm-hmm. They're showing up with such a lack of self-love that they're just accepting bones instead of um, quality blessings and and love and joy or people that will still today with all the knowledge that we have in the world dress up to drive across town so that people can tell them you're worthless you're sinners you're terrible and all that started because of a strategy of let us teach you that it's wrong to care about yourself. <laughs> well, we're the opposite because if you if you don't care about yourself, it says in the Bible, love your neighbor as yourself, not yeah. love your love your neighbor and never love yourself, or love your neighbor uh, and then if you have anything left, you know, give it to yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so it's a, a great calling that if I do want to be present for my neighbor, if I do want to be a lighthouse, if we do want to make a difference, then raising the bar in how, as ourselves, we are connected with God. And I tell people weekly that it is the relationship with yourself that is equal to the relationship that you believe God has with you. There's, mm-hmm. There is no other answer. Because if no, we don't isn't. think that we're lovable and and beautiful and kind and smart, we would never hold that an entity or a power or a presence or anything would think of us in that way. It just doesn't happen. No. You if, know, if we're so. not present and accounted for for ourselves, how can we be so with anyone else? How can we set an example? How can we be that if, if if we don't contain it within us? It's impossible. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I want to uh, remind this is part of, of living one's authentic truth and your best life. And what I discovered is when you realize the rewards, when I realized the rewards of living my authentic truth, I realized also it could light the way for others to follow. And that's what I know the intention of this was. I've always, since I was 12 or 13, wanted to write. I've always wanted to be an author. 
But let me tell you, Temple, if I knew that this was going to be the first book, I don't know back then, given what things were, if I'd ever written it. No, I, believe me, I, I know as well. I mean, I, I know. Um, I, when we come back after break, we can, we can share a couple of our stories of how we've walked through the fear of our lifestyle, of who we are, and our essence of being different. I want to remind everybody that you can Google Sydney Andrews or you can enter sydney-andrews.com and go to her website and explore the richness of what she's teaching and, and share this message with other people that you know or perhaps teachers or with teenagers and individuals that are different. This book will not only give you hope, but it will integrate new ideas for you to see and be your intentional spirit. We'll be right back after this short break. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call him with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you, everyone, for being an intentional spirit. Sydney Andrew is our guest today, author of A Fall to New Heights, and also the author of Journey into Thought. Sydney, you have something, an excerpt that you would like to share from your book, and we would love to hear it. I would love to share it with you, Temple. <clears throat> and it speaks to the rewards of living our authentic truth in our best life and how it can benefit others as, as well as ourselves. It's like we can be as the lighthouse that stands firm on solid rock, defying the fury of the elements, forever beckoning, directing, and guiding all ships to safety with the pulsing of her light. This light reaches out into the darkness to show the way. She, the lighthouse, cannot be moved, and neither can you, when you're grounded in the truth that you are a spiritual being and have at your disposal all the tools needed to live your best life. 
In her stillness, the lighthouse is the moving and motivating force for the ocean vessels that seek and trust in her guidance. She doesn't move about the ocean, fighting the waves or searching for vessels in distress. Rather, she stands vigil on solid ground in wait and anticipation, knowing that her beacon will be their saving grace. So too is your spirit a beacon that calls you inward to safety and the knowledge that you are so much more than form moving through time. The powerful spirit, your guiding light, always reflecting the essence of who you are, stands vigil in joyful anticipation of your awareness, recognition, and safe arrival home. Wow, that's profound. That's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Well, one of the things that I... Excuse me, go ahead. I I didn't hear you on that. Um, the, The truth doesn't change, does it, Temple? The truth is what it is. And the truth will set us free. Yes. You know, it may irritate us at first, but actually it will, (laughs) it it will, it will set us free. I was thinking about, um, as you were talking earlier, how those of us that are different, well, first of all, everybody is unique and different. It's just that some of us have more pronounced ways of knowing that we're different than others, you know, and Just like some people have inner neurosis and other people have various health ailments that are easier to see. But we all have part of our own humanity that through walking through those experiences, we have the potential of becoming more, more rich, more authentic, and more um, into that intentional spirit that we are destined to be. I always call it the birth medicine. You know, and so we brought into our birth certain things that will bring us the medicine in order to accelerate us to a new place of of who we really are. But I was thinking about how people like you and me, and you know, growing up in the in the sixties, I'm still growing up, but specifically as a kid growing up, then how you know I became such an overachiever and really good at anything that I took on. But I was also mm-hmm. thinking about the, how the saboteur within me would also prevent me from being too good too long because mm-hmm. of that inner cry to be recognized and to be loved um, just as I am. Did you have that happening when you know you were stepping into that new place into your life? Did you find that you kept you know, working harder at being accepted and acknowledged and cared for? Uh, Partly so, but I think the value of the two or three years that we had totally alone with nothing else but God and ourselves to talk with, that probably didn't have as much of an effect on me as it would have had had I not been grounded in the essence of who I was. But you're, I absolutely, you're absolutely right. It, it can happen, and uh, I just, I, I don't think we could afford to focus there because we would have somehow lost lost ourselves in the shuffle in our direction. Exactly. Are you actually saying that your children, they weren't in your life for a while? Did they um, somewhat abandon you and... Everything you were not the children. Through. No, um, 
the children, we, we left with their fathers because they had the stability, they had the homes, they had the support net, network around them. And when we didn't know where we were going, how dare we take them on a journey that we didn't even understand. And we knew they'd be safe where they were. But uh, I'm trying to think. What was the question again, Temple? I'm sorry. Um, when you were referencing to a number, a long period of time alone, I was saying, were your children, did they remain active in your lives when you separated? Well, yes, they did. Husband? For the first year, they did. They would come every, every Thursday and have dinner with us and all. And, of course, they were like five, seven, and nine. And they had questions of their own, and I could understand where the questions were coming from. One such question came from my five-year-old daughter when she said, Mommy, are you sick? And I said, do I look sick? She said, no. I said, I'm not. She said, well, Grandma said you were sick. I said, you tell Graham that Mom is very well. Mm. And uh, it, it was it, it was interesting giving them only what they could hold for that time. So there weren't really any other questions than that. It was after my husband remarried, there were issues because his new wife couldn't understand anything of the situation, which we could appreciate, especially when we couldn't understand it either. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, yes. So there were issues and there were court cases and somebody had to let go. And uh, my one son continued to fight what he was getting into at home and not coming but the other two were just too too um, intimidated and too young, and they did step out of my life for one of them 18 years and the other 21. But then when they grew into their own lives and their own thoughts and their own experiences of life, that's when we were gathered back together. Because now they couldn't be influenced. They were out on their own seeing life for themselves, not just hearing it. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. And then, of course, my husband and I, ex-husband and I, ended up at weddings together and talking with his wife. And we have to respect everybody's position in their lack of understanding and have enough faith in ourselves that we know who we are. That's the important thing, that we know who we are. Because we're all working on something. We're all here for, for a mission. We're all here with a purpose to learn. And we each learn at different rates and different ways, different styles. And that's okay. Because not once did we ever say anything negative about the families or the husbands or anyone else. We prayed for them because we wanted for everybody to have what we were looking at, that in essence, to find themselves to and find what, what we had found quite by accident. And they did. They found it in their marriages. Both husbands uh, had um, Kate's husband always wanted more children. He only had one. He married a divorced woman with three children, and he was in his glory. My husband mm-hmm. always wanted someone who was more financially set because his biggest fear were finances, and he married a wealthy woman. So. And I am where I am, so it seems that as we look at the whole picture, which we can never see from the beginning, as you know, if we look at the whole picture and on back, everything does work for good to those who trust and have faith. I love that um, magnet on the refrigerator that things always work out for the best, and if they haven't worked out 
for the best, they're not through working out yet. <laughs> and that I think that that is such a a profound and true statement, you know. Oh, I love um, that. And I I think that, you know, with what you're saying because I I love the way that you're you're teaching certainly with your written word but also with the way that you're walking your talk is that for to remind ourselves each and every one of us that knowing ourselves and authenticity is so much more than you know one time singing i love myself the way i am you know there's nothing i need to change i mean it's a it's forever just an unfoldment and mm-hmm. it's uh, new things um, come to the surface that have been lying dormant. I love to say the truth reveals itself at the time that I'm ready for it to be revealed. And uh, sometimes shyness or feelings of uh, different will still catch me off guard sometimes, whether I'm on an airplane or it's always in new settings, you know. Or oh, yeah. People. And I start finding myself like having this sensation like, oh, my goodness, they're going to start asking me all these questions. And, oh, my gosh, you know, and they're going to find out, oh, I'm a unity minister. And, oh, boy, that's different. And they'll ask me what my <laughs> husband does. And I go, well, she does a lot of great things. And then that's different. And I go, where are we going from here? But, you know, the the calling now is um, standing in the space of this is the life I've chosen and I'm comfortable with that life that I, I, I don't need um, to have everyone sign up on my, on my uh, validation list, but I need mm-hmm. to be a validatorian of my own degree in life, which I have lived and seen through the experiences that I have had. And it's just, it's made all the difference in my life. All oh, the difference. Absolutely. Where before it would stop me or the conversations would go quiet or energetically I would get like shy and, you know, delve back into the uh, the ear set in the, in the magazine, especially on planes. But now I, um, <laughs> I understand that it's so important uh, that each of us, to the depth of our understanding, live as an intentional spirit. Mm-hmm. And other you know what I call those moments that you were talking about that you had on the plane and all? Yes. What? Growth spurts. Oh, yeah. And, Aren't they? Uh, don't you love those growth spurts? Because to me, it serves me as a measuring stick for where I am and in what direction I'm moving. So when something catches me off guard, like you say, I say, okay, okay, what is this about? Now, I've got to grow from this one. i got to get back inside or... Uh, get on board or whatever. I love those growth spurts. Oh yeah, they are, and they're they're always somewhere close by. <laughs> seeking yes. out because I mean, if we step on a scale greater. to measure our weight, yeah, it has to be a seeking, seeking a way of measuring greater. our spirituality and in what direction we're moving. So, uh, I've truly enjoyed being with you today. Uh, Sydney Andrews, I would urge all of you to find out more about her and her work. And I would love more of you to participate with unitycampus.org. Most importantly, thank you for, for the energy that you always bring to Unity Online Radio. It truly is the voice of an awakening world. I'm Temple Hayes, and thank you so much for being on our show today, Sydney. And we look forward uh, to Thank you, Temple Hayes. About- Have a phenomenal day. Uh, Thank you so much. Bless you on your journey. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share to be fruitful and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. (laughs) 